is Jireh. It's one of the names of God. And it means he is our provider. Amen. Amen. The song that says, Jireh, you are enough. Let's just declare that in our lives, over our hearts, over our families, because he is more than enough. I've never been more loved than I am right Wasn't holding you up. So there's nothing I can do to let you down It doesn't take a trophy to make you proud I've never been more loved than I am right now Going through a storm, but I won't go down Spoken. I'm already loved more than I 
that we could ever imagine, ever need, every possibility, He is. God, we know, and we stand on that. Thank you, Lord. In this place, we want to worship you, Lord. all that we stood before creation eternity in your hands and you spoke the earth into motion my soul now to stand and you stood before my failure and you carried the cross for my shame my sin weighed upon your shoulder my soul now to stand so what could I
We had over 160 guys here <clears throat> all weekend uh, just being challenged to be men. And, and so I'm proud of the guys who are here. I hope some of you ladies uh, saw a difference over the weekend because that was what we were challenged to do. And, and so it was an awesome thing. That was, a, that was one number. Another number was there was well over 500 pounds of meat consumed by those guys. So I, I don't know what else to say with that, it's whatever. Uh, there were, I don't know how many, uh, Friday night when we finished, there were 12 different small groups of guys that were meeting and praying together and praying over one another and sharing some stuff that God was doing. From that, I know already of, of a couple uh, different men's groups that are being formed to move forward. That was great. But the best number of the weekend was... Because we finished yesterday with a baptism. That was the, that was the number. That was the number. And so here's the deal. It, it didn't just stop. We already know. We already know. So I'm going to challenge you right now. If you've been thinking about this, if you feel like, well, Matt's talking, if you feel like there's something like doing this and you're like, I need to do something, but I don't want to be the only one. Listen, I'm promising you right now. I already know you will not be the only one in there at the end of this service. If that's something you're feeling. So I'm just saying, get ready, get ready and get ready to be ambushed by God. You may have come here today, not even thinking you were going to do something, but get ready because Matt Wilson's going to share with us again. Some of you guys, let, just let's just see, just let me real quick. How many of you guys were here Thursday? night all right you get next service i know there's a bunch of repeats coming back because what they heard thursday but you're about to get chance some of you guys do remember when matt was here a couple years ago uh he was here for the whole weekend uh matt pastors a great church in uh, myrtle beach south carolina conway south carolina if you are vacationing in myrtle beach and you and i find out that you did not go to ecclesia on a sunday we will talk all right we will talk because some of you guys have already been some of you guys some of you guys snowbird down there and that's your that's your church and that that's cool that's cool matt and his wife tina and there's seven yeah i said seven kids uh started this church along with his brother uh and his wife cindy and their kids and so they already had a great nucleus before the thing even started uh, but they started it nine years ago with like 30 people just in matt's house and then they got a place to go for a while nine years into this thing they are running 15,000. no i did not really but they are running 1500 1600 like it's crazy and if you've never heard matt speak as soon as you hear him speak you will know why god has done what he's doing in that church so all i need right now is for some people from the hill to give a warm shelby christian welcome to matt wilson How y'all doing? See, that, that's awesome, man. I've, I've, I've been to a, a few places lately where they don't have accents, and it's the weirdest thing ever. And I say y'all, and they don't know what that word means. And y'all know it's, it's kind of like in the King James, they said ye, in the South, we say y'all. You know what I mean? It's just, I think that's just the, the way God talks. I think, I think God has a heart for the South. You know what I mean? It, you guys do realize we consider y'all South over here, right? Any, anything... Anything that's below the Yankee states, you know, what I mean, it doesn't matter how high up you are, how many mountains you're from I'm originally from Tennessee, but you guys we we have grafted y'all in y'all are the south Okay, any place that has a pound of bacon on a sandwich for a breakfast in the morning. That's the south You know, what? we are standing how many people in here are really glad to be standing in the new covenant because in the old covenant You couldn't eat pork yeah. Being the new covenant like 
Like when, when Jesus resurrected and, and the stone was rolled away, I believe somewhere somebody was having a cookout. Like I think pork chops were frying and pigs were roasting and they were like, hallelujah. Just, I, I, I think I would have struggled. We're not going to talk about that today. Um, I want to talk to you guys today about discipleship. And discipleship is a word that's used in church all the time. And yet very few people really grasp what it means. And the worst part is there are people that have been in church for years and they don't think they're capable of doing this. We have, we have books on this. I wrote a book on discipleship. As a matter of fact, I wrote the 40 day discipleship journey and it's a book to help people walk into discipleship and there are methods and, and practices and, and churches that all have these little things of how we do discipleship and we've got discipleship funnels and discipleship programs. And the thing of it is when God told us to make disciples, it wasn't saying that I need you to have a seminary degree. I need you to be a theologian or I need you to be the perfect Christian. When they were telling people to make disciples, they were telling people sometimes that we're hearing Jesus for the first time that day. Discipleship is something everybody already does. It's just we don't automatically know how to do it for Jesus. Every person in this room is making disciples, every single one of us. And a disciple is someone that just emulates and follows what you're doing. I mean, any, any man in this room, you've ever had your son with you working and you smash your thumb with a hammer? And something comes out of your mouth that you really don't think a lot about it because you're justified with the throbbing pain. And then your son's sitting there cleaning his room later and he hits his thumb or something and he says that same word the exact same way with the exact same passion. And you're sitting there like, well, where do you hear that? You know what I mean? You disciple, we disciple. What it is is how we live our lives. People, they observe us, they watch us and they emulate it. And so some people are so strategic in how they try to set an example and disciple people that they actually get to a place to where they're fake. They've got a process of how they want to lead people to Jesus, and it's completely separate from how they naturally are living their life on a day-to-day basis. And the truth of it is, Christ wants to be so grafted into you. He wants to walk with you. He wants you walking in him to a way to where people see you living your life, and they can emulate that to find Jesus. You with me so far? Y'all, it's too early for y'all. What's nine, bro? In, this, in South Carolina, we have our services around eight. Y'all having it at nine. You've already had breakfast. You've been to the bathroom once and you've had two cups of coffee. Y'all got to wake up with me right now. All right, everybody stand up real quick. Let's get the blood flowing. Let's get the blood flowing. We had some worship this morning. What I want you to do is I want you to put your arms up like this. Stretch it out. Get the lower, get that, get them shoulder blades stretched out. Get the lower lumbars back like this. If right now your hands are up and someone stepped away from you, you forgot deodorant this morning. Okay? He just put his arms down. He's like, whoa, okay. All right. Now put your arms down like this. Put them back up like this. Back down. This time go like this. Slower, slower, slower. I believe I can fly. No, just, sorry. I just want you to wake up. Now you can sit down. We're going to jump straight into the scripture. Matthew 28. Why are we all here? And what's our purpose? At some point, everybody's asked, what's my purpose? Why am I here? And I want to share something with you. I'm going to kind of jump to the crux. See, Dave's talking about baptism. I love your church. I love this church. I'm glad to be a part of this church, right? You guys are online. You've connected the body all over. And one of the reasons that I am so faithful to this church right here is because you guys don't offer an imitation moment. You guys call people straight into Christ. When you guys baptize people, you're not sitting there saying, I need you to wait. 
I need to evaluate you for a little bit. You call people to the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. All right? But here's the thing people miss. We live in a world today. We live in a world today where everybody wants, they want Christ in them. And that's a beautiful thing. We sing songs. It's Christ in me, Christ in me. And that's where we say, it's not me, it's Christ in me. Every time we do something and somebody tries to give us a compliment, we deflect it. It's not me, it's Christ in me. And it's that humble brag that we as Christians get. But we're making a huge mistake because we miss that the Bible says when we are baptized, we are baptized into Christ. And when Christ is in me, I want y'all to get this. I can say, it's okay. I have flaws. I have mistakes. I've, I've had problems, but Christ in me helps me to do the good I do. And, and so we've got this thing when we live our life, it's like, okay, but Jesus is in me. So I'm not as bad as I used to be. And when we still think about what we're capable of, we're still seeing ourselves as, well, God still sees me. And Jesus is in me, but he sees my exterior. He sees my scars. He sees my shame. He sees my pain. He sees my past. He sees my mistakes. If we're honest a little bit, a lot of us are sitting in the weight of that. It's all that I've done, all that I can't do, all I'm not capable of. And even though I'm a Christian, even though Christ is in me, I still wonder what am I supposed to do? What is my purpose? What if I'm not Dave? What if I'm not a great communicator? What if I'm, what if I'm not a great worship leader? What if I'm not a singer? What if I'm not somebody that knows the Bible backwards and forwards and I can share it? What about me? I've got Jesus in me, but I know me and my exterior is flawed. But when I'm in Christ things change. See, if Christ is in me, I still see me on the outside. But if I'm in Christ, then when the father looks at me, he doesn't see any of the exterior. He sees his son. I am clothed in his son. See, I'll never be righteous enough, but Jesus is righteous enough. So when I'm in Christ, I'm in his righteousness. See, I have sinned. I have fallen short. I have crucified Christ. And so if I'm just looking at Christ in me, there's a purification going on in the inside, but my outside is still ashamed. But when I'm in Christ, God doesn't see the man that crucified his son. God sees his son who obeyed him and was crucified for the man. You with me right now? And so I've got to have this change. See, when I was baptized, some of you guys in here today have been wrestling with if you're going to be baptized because you're still looking at Christ in you and you're still looking at how bad you think you are and you don't want to be a bad representation, but you need to get your mind into when we were baptized, we were baptized into Christ, into his death, into his burial, into his resurrection. We are joined with him. So it's no longer the world just looking at me. They're going to see Christ. See what I'm saying? And all my shortcomings, all my mistakes, all my inadequacies, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how bad I failed in my past. It matters that people are going to be able to see Christ. He's going to cover those inadequacies. You with me so far? All right, so check this out. Let's go into Matthew 28. If we wanted to say, what's my purpose? This is the passage right here. When you were baptized, the whole reason heaven didn't open and suck you up in some kind of holy vacuum is this purpose right here. The whole purpose when you came to Christ that you did not just immediately pass from this life to the next. The reason you have struggle days, the reason that you've got battles, the reason that you must endure is this piece right here. It's the great, somebody say great. Great. Come on, a little more passion. The great, Great. like Tony the Tiger, great commission. A commission is a commanded mission. It's non-negotiable. 
This is why you're here. You've been recruited. You're in Christ. You are carrying out the mission of Christ. It's right here. So in Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is, a bo- this is the same Jesus that said, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. This is the same Jesus on the night he's going to be betrayed, gets down and washes people's nasty feet. This is the same Jesus that looks at a man that's going to betray him, that looks at a man that's going to deny him, and looks at the rest of the men around him that are going to abandon him, and he says, I'm going to give you the sign of my love, the body and blood in this supper, so that you will know even as you are betraying me, denying me, and abandoning me how much I love you, so that you can return to me. This is the guy that laid everything down. This is the guy that said, not my will, but your will be done, Father. This is the submissive son of God Almighty that's now standing here victorious because he has submitted and been obedient, that he has been exalted and honored by God himself. And he says, all authority, all of it, not partial, all of it, in heaven, we get the earth part, right? In heaven, what's that mean? Jesus says, I have all authority in heaven. That means nothing's happening in heaven right now without my authority. Nothing's happening without my approval right now. Nothing's happening without my word right now. And who do we fear more than anything, man? We fear God so much. We know our sin. We know our struggles. We know our weaknesses. And we fear coming before God because he knows all our sin. And he's going to hold it against us. Wait, wait, wait. Unless I'm in Christ. Unless all my sin, all my struggle, all my weaknesses died with him on the cross, was buried with him, and I'm now resurrected in him. Because now I'm in the one with all authority in heaven. See, I'm sitting here all my life, man, worried to death about judgment, damnation, not being good enough, being called out before God's throne and not getting in. But what I miss is that I'm in the one who died for mankind who loves me and longs for me and stands before the throne, who has the keys to heaven and hell, and I'm in him. I'm united with him. I'm a part of his kingdom. And so Jesus is sitting here and he's saying something, not just saying I've been exalted, but you're in me and you're exalted with me. We are co-heirs with Christ Jesus. He says all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, it's, we're coming up on election season right now. And right now, I'm going to tell you what, man, this world is jacked up on authority. We don't know. I'm dead serious, man. We, we, we got issues with Republicans. We got issues with Democrats. I mean, even independents confusing right now, right? I mean, we, we are so confused in who's in control and what is natural and what is right today. Men don't know if they're men. Women don't know if they're women. I mean, we got people thinking they're cats and dogs right now. I mean, this is the most jacked up time we've ever lived as a society. We, we, we don't even know what a pronoun is. I mean, we are so messed up in our world today. I'm not making fun of people. I'm stating the obvious, like this is crazy. I Look at me right now. I could walk into Capitol Hill, go in there, and I could start meowing, and those guys would start saying, hello, Mr. Kitten. We live in a crazy time. People, people will accept whatever is presented to them. And yet at the same time, if we try to stand and we try to say God's word does not teach these things, there is morality, there is right, and there is righteousness, the same people that are saying we can meow and sleep in a bed of kitty litter are telling us that we don't have the right to preach the name of Jesus. 
But we submit to authorities in this world all day long in fear. And Jesus is saying, you don't really get this, but I have the authority over this world too. And if you're going to submit, submit to me. Think about this. Who do we submit to, man? We submit to people that pay us. We submit to people that have authority. We submit to people that have power over us. We submit to people that we are a tool for them. But Jesus is saying, I have authority and you can fellowship with me. You can be in my, you can be in my kingdom. You can be in submission under me. And look at who I am. I'm the one who loved you so much that I would die for you. I'm the one who loved you so much. I love, this is Jesus. He's the guy that loved Judas so much that the Bible says he loved him till the end. This is the guy that would love Judas so much that the night he was going to betray him for 30 pieces of silver, he'd say, this is my body that's going to be broken for you. And this is my blood that's poured out for you. This is the guy that looks at Peter the night he's going to betray, he's going to deny him. And he's telling Peter, he's like, I love you so much, Peter. That even though you're going to betray me, I'm going to come back for you. And I need you to strengthen your brothers. I'm not just coming back for you. I'm going to put you back in a position of authority, of leadership even knowing you're going to do these things. If I'm going to submit to somebody, I don't want to submit to the person that enjoys the power over me. I want to submit to the person that would become powerless for me. You with me right now? Let's check this out. He says, therefore, and the word here actually translates to as you're going. So it doesn't mean just go, therefore go. It means as you're going, because you're going. That's just instinctively what we do. So he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Let's just take a second here. We joked a little bit ago about Republicans and Democrats right now. And we got people right now that that think they're cats. We got people that think they're dogs. We got men that think they're women. We got women that think they're men. We got people right now, we're talking about aliens. We got everything in the world going on. And we can get to this safe little bubble to where it's like, I'm going to surround myself with Christians. And I'm going to make disciples of saved people. Anybody in here ever been guilty of that? Have you ever realized, you know why it's so much easier for us to start a Bible study with a bunch of church people? Because they're already on the same page with us. We don't have to worry about offending them so much. You ever realize when we go out someplace that we identify people that look like they're Christians and we invite them to go to church with us? But there are the people that don't look like Christians and we're a little intimidated to go talk to them. Can I share something with you? You know what the danger is of inviting people from another church to come to your church? That's like going to someone's anniversary party for their marriage and trying to find that woman there and make her your bride. That's like trying to ask married women to date you. It it doesn't make sense. You're dividing the bride of Christ. You're just pulling people from one church to another. And in that, we're making people get this mentality of don't stick it out and make the church better. We're getting people to say, find a church that serves me better. But Jesus didn't say, go out and find other believers. Jesus said, go out and make disciples. And we all grew up, every person in here has been affected by the convert era. And this is where we go out and we just find people and we want to argue them to Jesus or give them a message that quickly converts them to Jesus and then we're ready to move on. Jesus doesn't say, as you're going, make converts. He says, go make disciples, make followers of me, people that are going to be submissive to this kingdom. See, the gospel, the word gospel, this doesn't mean just Jesus loves you. The word gospel is an ancient kingdom word. It meant it was advancing that there was a new king who had taken over, and the good news of this new king and his reign is being presented that you are now in this kingdom. Gospel doesn't just mean the story of Jesus. It means the story of a conquering king who now has all authority and power that has set us free. 
And so when we share the gospel, we're not just coming to this place where it's like, hey, I want you to submit to the idea of Jesus, convert, and then we're going to move on and get the next 10 people. It means go to someone, share Jesus with them, and walk with them as they grow in Christ, train them as they're growing in Christ. And that's where we hit this obstacle of like, I'm not really good at that. I don't know enough about the Bible to teach them. And he says, do it of all nations. So I, I want to break this down. Because here's our purpose. Here's our commission. Make disciples of all nations. That's the command. Make disciples of all nations. This is not a new command. When God made mankind, the first command he gave them was one of the most fun. He made them male and female, and he said, be fruitful and multiply. When me and my wife got married, we took this to heart. You know what I mean? We got seven kids. We was doing our part. You know what I mean? Enjoyed every minute of it. Be fruitful and multiply. Why? Because God created them male and female in his image, and he wanted his image to dominate the planet he had created for his people. And so he says, be fruitful and multiply. Well, then sin enters into the world. Contamination comes into the world, and sin rapidly produces throughout the world. And now we've got to a place where we're not reproducing the image of Christ. We're not, impro- we're not producing the image of God. We're producing the image of man, of self. And so God gets so discouraged, it says he regretted. You ever know God regrets? God regretted he had made mankind. And so what does he do? He baptizes the earth. First Peter 3, 21. God has to baptize the earth. It has to have a, you know, I've just got to take a second here because this, this service isn't being recorded and I feel like we can just have fun together and talk a little bit. I have people ask me all the time, Matt, why is baptism, why, why baptism in water? What's so significant about dipping somebody in water? And I'm like, death, burial, resurrection. They're like, yeah, but why water? In Genesis 1, when God creates all things, he creates them through and by water. The only thing that it doesn't say he creates is water. It's already there. Peter reminds us that people deliberately forgot long ago everything was created through and by water. The science used to tell us, the secular science used to say the earth was made out of magma and hot lava. Now, the oldest stones we found on planet earth, we have found they were formed in water. I can do a whole science lesson on this. Really cool, right? But everything that exists depends on water. And everything that God made, he formed in water, like a womb, because it all birthed out of the water. See, God's so great that even in his design of mankind and womankind, when you are born, guess what? You are formed in the water, the amniotic fluid. You come into being, you are knit together in that water, and the water bursts forth, and so do you. That's why Jesus says to Nicodemus when he's talking in John chapter 3, you must be born of water and of the flesh, spirit and of the water, because this is so powerful together. And the spirit is always pictured where? In the water, with the water. So why is baptism in water so significant? Because it is the eternal element, the womb of life, and nothing can exist outside of it. So why does God command that we baptize people? Because he is continually painting the picture that he painted in the very beginning that I am the creator and all things new must pass through me. You with me right now? Is that, lo- was that a lot? It's a little much? We have to come back one day and just do a whole science thing on it, okay? But we won't do that the next service, Dave. Here's the thing. I want you to get this. He's looking at us and he's saying, I want all nations. The very first command was I want my image spread through the earth. When, when the earth is populated, I want it to be populated with a picture of me. A picture of a loving father. 
and we sin, so he baptized the earth. And then when they came out of the ark, he gives, the, he gives Noah and his children the same command three times. Go, multiply, subdue the earth. Three times he tells them to do that. And what do they do? They go and they start multiplying. But sin inevitably comes back. They want to tell you, what is the Great Commission? Go make disciples. Multiply of all nations. Subdue the earth. Why? Because I want my image, those in my son, in the image of my son, going throughout the earth, showing people who I am. It's the same command God's always had. It's the same mission that was given to the first man and woman, and it's the same commission given to Noah and his family. It's the same commission given to us. The difference is they had to populate physically in an image. We populate spiritually. Check this out. In the name. Now, we hear that, and we think that's just a phrase we say when we baptize somebody. We baptize somebody. I baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of sins so that you may receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We do it in one breath. It's really phenomenal how good we've gotten at it, right? That's what we do. But we miss the power of it. Do you know what in the name of means? If I come, anybody ever see the movie 300? When they come in the name of the king, he's saying, I come by the authority of the king. I come, my presence is like the king standing here himself. Whenever you would go back to, we got to remember when the Bible was written, this is at a time with Rome, this is a time with advancing kingdoms, and when he's saying this, he's saying you're coming with the full authority of, when you say, I stand here in the name, I carry this action out in the name of, it means the king has fully condoned this, he's commanded this, and I do this by his authority and his power. And so he says, baptizing them in the name of, by the authority of, by the power of, by the command of. Now check this out. Everybody in this room has heard at some point of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. We gave it a nice little name, the Trinity, the Godhead, right? We have these cool little titles. But did you know there's only one passage in the entire Bible that ever says the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? We will claim the Trinity over everything in all of Christianity. They put Trinity on networks, they put it on books, they put it everywhere. People will write a whole book about the Trinity. There's only one time these guys are ever listed together by name, in action together. And it's one command, and it's not something the prophets had. It's not something the patriarchs had. It's something we have. Go, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of, by the authority of, the complete Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now think about this. The full power, the full authority the complete unified working of God's family. In one moment, you carry the authority of all of heaven. You, when you baptize someone, we make disciples by baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. This is cleansing them, forgiving them, uniting them, covering them, sealing them, redeeming them. Check this out. And teaching them. See, this part right here is where we get scared. Everybody can go out. I baptized a guy in a dunking pool. Like a, you know what I'm talking about? Where you throw the ball at the dunk tank. You hit the target and the person falls in. I didn't like take three throws in like the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I just didn't have water anywhere. And I figured if Philip could baptize a guy in the desert, I could baptize a guy in a dunking booth. And I got him in there. I was like, just squat down. You know what I mean? It was great. There were some kids sitting over there impatiently waiting on, when do we get to throw the ball? It's like, never, kid. Okay, but the thing was, man, it was, it doesn't matter. It matters that we're obedient. It doesn't matter the venue. It matters that we're obedient, right? 
Now, I want you to check this part out. Here's where I always got scared. If you can't tell right now, I'm a bit of a hick, and I'm not the most eloquent person. I don't even know if I said that word right. But I don't have all the knowledge, and this next part would always scare me. Teaching them to obey. See, we missed that, that little piece right there. Teaching people to obey everything I have commanded you. You know where I get caught up on this? Teaching them everything I've commanded you. That's what I hear. Every time I see that, it's like teaching them everything I've commanded you. Take the obey part, sit it to the side for a second. I'm sitting there like, Jesus, I don't know everything you commanded. I don't know everything you told us to do. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not a scholar. I don't have all this memorized in my head. How, how long would it take me if we were to actually take the church service today and stretch it out to where we were going to be like, okay, we're going to follow the Great Commission, and I'm going to teach you everything Jesus commanded. Y'all be like, we do not have time for that. Y'all are way too white for that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, yeah. come to South Carolina sometime, man. I mean, you guys right now, it's like, hallelujah. All right, but... What I'm saying is like, seriously, white church is not used to staying long, man. And the further we go up north, the less people stay in church. Uh, you guys are like, we got to go, man. Y'all got to come to south and worship with us, man. You ain't experienced nothing until you're in a multicultural church that's fully sitting there where it's like people are looking at you. You're trying to wrap up. And they're like, no, you ain't done yet. You know what I mean? I'm saying right now, when you're sitting here and you're sitting, I'm going to teach you every, I'm going to teach you though right now, and I'm going to show you how to do it as fast as possible. It's going to be quicker than you've ever learned anything in your life. I'm going to teach you right now how to obey everything Christ has commanded. You ready? Y'all ready for it? If Christ says to do it, obey it. I just taught you to obey everything Christ commanded. I don't have to have everything down right now. I don't have to have it memorized. I don't have to have chapter and verse for every single command he ever gave. I have to say, submit to the word of God. And when Christ tells you to do something as children of God, we do whatever he says. He reigns. He's got all authority. So here's how I'm teaching you to obey everything Christ says. Read his word, submit to him, and whatever he says, do it. Is that hard? Is that too hard for y'all? Y'all need notes? Y'all want to write that one down? But here's our thing. We sit there and we're like, but I can't teach. I'm not smart enough to teach. Jesus' disciples, man, they were called ignorant and unlearned men. Jesus doesn't choose the best of the best when it comes to the world standards. He chooses the people with a heart right here. In Revelation, it says that the devil, the dragon, Satan, is defeated by the power of the blood and the testimony. And every person in here that thinks you got scars that have kept you from being adequate, what that says to me is your testimony is powerful enough to reach people someone else never can. And who better to look at somebody, if you're wanting to reach people and create followers for Jesus Christ, who better to reach people than someone who can say, brother, I've been just as broken as you are, but he has redeemed me and covered me. I am in Christ. See, here's the best part of this whole thing right here. When I say I can't do this or I'm not capable, I'm denying who Christ is and I'm saying me and my flesh. If Christ is just in me, that's cool. And he empowers me. But if I'm in Christ, here's this next piece. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He's not saying just go out there and be a professional. He's saying, but I walk with you. Because Jesus is the master disciple maker. And he's not going to abandon you. And so the thing is this. Y'all all know God called himself the I am, right? Can we agree on that? When Moses meets God, he says, who shall I say to them has sent me? He says, tell them the I am. All right. Can I, can I introduce you guys to something today? The I am still is. 
If God was good enough then and God was all-powerful then, guess what? He's still all-powerful now. His son has all authority. His son has dominion over all things. And so if Jesus Christ looks at you and says, I'm sending you and I'm going with you, guess what? I'm in Christ. I'm capable. And the thing of it is this. He's not sending me out with all the confidence and arrogance. He's sending me out with humility so that I can reach people in humility. There's a mystery discussed by the Apostle Paul, and it takes place all throughout the Bible. You with me right now? The mystery is this. Long ago, people said, how is God going to redeem the lost world? By what means will God redeem the lost world? And the the Apostle Paul breaks it down through all of his books. And here's the first place. By sending his son to come and be the perfect sacrifice that can cover the sin of the world. That's the first piece. But how is he going to redeem people to him? Not Not just offer the cleansing for them. How is he going to do it? His son is going to come. He's going to show the love of God. He's going to live the love of God. He's going to show people how to walk it. And then he's going to die and pay the price. And that part's beautiful. But there's another part to this plan. The greatest fulfillment of the mystery is this God's going to build his church and his church is going to be comprised of people who've been broken and failed because a perfect God can redeem the world can be a sacrifice for the world but you know what a perfect God cannot do a God that has never sinned a God that has never failed a God that has never made mistakes you know what he cannot do he cannot relate to where we are when we felt our most broken and filled with shame because of the things we've done but you know what he can do He can send people that have felt that. They can walk with people in that and identify with that and redeem them. You are part of the mystery of how God was going to redeem the world. See, this is a crazy thing. God was not just going to step in and save all mankind. God was going to make the way and send mankind to save mankind. You are the fulfillment of that. You are the light of the world. You are the gospel message. That if I've got track marks in my arm that have healed over and you've got fresh ones, I can show you what it's like to be clean. If I've made mistakes and if my marriage has been in shambles, if we have broken trust with each other and we have drug ourselves through it by the grace of Jesus Christ and healed this and brought it back together through his love, then this couple right over here has hope. And no, we're not just going to tell you it can happen. We're going to disciple you. We're going to walk in it with you. We're going to link up with you and we're not going to let you go. He's with you. So how do we do this? How do we make disciples? We can host a Bible study in our house. We can go to Bible studies at church. We can sit in church. But how do we make disciples? I've got a little son. And you know how I taught him to walk? I get him by his hands like this. And I go like this because I already knew it. I'd walk him in safe places and I'd show him stuff he could hold on to. When he'd start to stumble, I'd tell him, watch out for that, watch out for that, watch out for that. Anybody in here ever stumble? So I don't have to be perfect. That's just, I've walked this path. Maybe I'm a Christian for one day and I don't know how this is going to end, but I know right now today's better than yesterday. And I, I'm walking with you and as I'm sitting here, I'm like, bro, hey, 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 look, man, you're, 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 you're walking this path right here. And I tripped over this and I twisted my ankle and it took me a long time to recover. But if you'll just sidestep right here, I know this path. And maybe I'm in front of you and I fall down and instead of just covering that up, I turn around like, bro, watch that step. Help me up. Give me a hand, brother. Give me a hand. See, if I'm discipling you and I fall, then you're there with me. And discipleship's not me acting like I didn't make a mistake. Discipleship is me including you in the healing process and turn around and say, hey, could you give me a hand back up now? And we're walking together. 
See, discipleship isn't that I've got it all perfect. Discipleship is that we're reading the Bible together and my mind is getting blown and I'm like, bro, check out what I just found. And that you're coming to me and you're like, hey, I've got questions. And here's the beauty of the church is if I'm sitting here and you come up with a question and I can't answer it, somebody in this room, in this fellowship, in this body of believers, when we come together, I can be like, bro, I don't know what it's like to be completely bald, but I got this friend, Dave. I'm, getting, I'm with you. I'm getting there. It's all going, man. I'm starting to see shinier and shinier spots on the top of my head. Me and you'll go sit with Dave and be like, dude, how do you get it to shine so good? <laughs> or if I'm sitting here and I'm like, bro, I've never, I've never struggled with that same problem that you got. Sister, I mean, right now you're, you're at a place to where you're carrying a lot of baggage of things that happened to you when you were young and those things didn't happen to me. But I can guarantee you in the kingdom that I'm a part of, in the family I'm a part of, there are other sisters that have gone through what you've gone through. And it may be a little different, but I promise you, if we walk through it together, we'll come together as a family and we're going to get through this. See, discipleship isn't just me doing it. It's us doing it. It's a kingdom. It's one nation of God's people coming together and expanding to take over the world, to subdue the earth all nations coming under the kingship of Jesus Christ. You with me right now? Man, I was going to go through a lot of scripture and we just made it through the Great Commission. But I'm going to give you the nutshell of this right now, okay? You don't have to agree with me. Matter of fact, after today, I'm getting on a plane at 5 o'clock and you never have to hear me again. But you do have to obey Jesus Christ. Because there is no walking with him and not following him. You did not find Jesus Christ and stay where you are. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there's a reason it says follower because he has not stopped moving. He didn't save the world long ago and just save people and he's done. He has not stopped moving. You're a follower of him. The I am still is. He's still doing. He's still going. You're called to be a part of this. And you, you are a part of this. You are commissioned by him. You are his children. You are co-heirs with him. And the world needs you in him to come to them. It needs your testimony. It needs your heart. When you're frustrated with church and the kingdom, it needs you. When things have not changed and we need to get back to Jesus Christ, it needs you. And when you fall and make mistakes, it needs your testimony. It needs your honesty. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be willing. and Say, I don't have all this figured out, but anybody want to walk with me, let's go. I don't have it figured out, but I'm going to keep being discipled. But I'm not going to wait until I'm perfect. I'm going to say right now, come on, man. I'm in Christ. That's all I know. I'm going to keep being in him. I'm going to keep walking with him. And how do we start this? I'm going to say this right now, man. I've taken an extra time just for this one piece. Dave may throw something at me in a second. But hear me in this. Maybe your whole life you've been sitting here saying, I'm not worthy yet or I'm not ready yet or I've got stuff I've got to hold on to. And when I get this stuff figured out, I'm going to come to Jesus. And let me tell you, that's the greatest lie the devil has ever told you. You will never get to a place where you're good enough and ready. You're like, well, I don't want to come to Jesus and be all jacked up. Every one of his disciples were jacked up, man. Every person he ever used in the Bible was jacked up, man. They all had excuses, complaints. They all made mistakes. And they made their biggest sins after they were with him. But they got back up and they surrounded themselves with people that would hold them accountable. 
How does it start right now? If you're here, there's a spiritual battle going on in this room and it's taking place right here in your head and you're sitting there saying, I can't do this. I don't, I, he's, going, he's going to give an invitation. They're going to come up and they're going to want me to get baptized. They're going to want me to get wet. And I didn't bring a change of clothes. A pair of clothes is that important to you? A dry set of clothes to ride home with is more important to you than saying to Jesus right now, I'm all in, ready to die. Come on, man, let me tell you something. The spiritual war going on in your head right now, sitting there saying, everybody's going to know your past. Everybody's going to judge you. Everybody's going to come against you. They're going to, they're going to laugh. They're going to mock. People are going to say, who is that coming to Christ? He ain't ready. I know him. I know what he's done. And none of those people count. Anybody with that in their heart right now, they ain't in Christ. They're in crap. But what you're hearing right now with that applause is the same crowd that's going to applaud when they see you step out of the gates of hell and into Christ. And when you go in that water and you come up, they're not sitting here looking at your past. Every single one of them is looking at victory in Jesus. They're going to shout. They're going to cheer. They're going to applaud. And they're going to champion the cause of watching you become better day after day because that's what discipleship is. And that's what we do together. Thank you all so much. All right, so this is an important moment. It's time to move. And the way we've designed things now, it's time for everybody to move. Just a moment. Lights are going to come down just a little bit, but not too far that you won't be able to see to move. And so if you have not already gotten your communion uh, elements, then just come to the communion stations. If you have not already given your tithes and offerings, just move and go do that. If you just need to pray, there's some benches right over there at the foot of the cross. There's steps here uh, that you can come and kneel and pray or right there at your chair. And you need to move and do that. And if... If you're the one that Matt was talking about and you know that battle is going on in your heart, in your heart, then you need to, while everybody else is moving, Jason's going to be right down here, right down here at the foot of the baptistry, at the foot of the steps. My man Bobby's getting ready to get in the baptistry for something special, so he'll already be there. We're ready for you, and we got extra clothes. So take that one off the list. Everybody, let's stand. It's time to stand. And it's time to move. And while you're moving, make disciples. So I'll stand with arms high in
fixing to be there's fixing to be a revolving door for a few minutes here all right there's fixing to be and we got <laughs> and we got more clothes so if you're like been sitting there going no then come on just all you gotta do is walk on up here Jason and I, Dennis is standing right there walk to Dennis if you're feeling it right now and you got I got to go in there too. Walk to Dennis. He'll get you back there and get you ready. Bobby, man, this is awesome. You share the story. This is Luke, my son. I baptized Luke when he was about eight years old in our church when we were in Pittsburgh. And one of the things my wife and I did when each one of our children were born and when Ashley came to live with us when we adopted her is we started praying for their spouses before before they knew anything about boys and girls, we were praying for their spouses. And we met Abigail um, a little over a year ago, and 
we knew God answered our prayer. And she has been one of my ones since I met her. And Luke and Abigail serve as Marines at Camp Pendleton, California. Abigail has believed in God, but never taken this step before, and I'm so proud of her that she's doing that. Repeat after me. I believe. I believe that Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the Living God. The Son of the Living God. And I accept Him. And I accept Him as my personal Lord and Savior. As my personal Lord and Savior. In obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and upon your profession of faith in Him, we are going to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit forgiveness of your sins and the gift of the Holy Chris Johnson, he, he has heard God's call today. Repeat after me. I believe. I believe. That Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the living God. The Son of the living God. And I accept him. And I accept him. As my personal Lord and Savior. As my personal Lord and Savior. In obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, upon your profession of faith in him, I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit for forgiveness of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. up here. That's right. Woo! We have some help with this one. <laughs> no, I got a big boy. You got two more coming. I just decided, like, we can't talk about people just going and get wet. I'll, I'll be wet all next service, bro. That's all right. That's all right. Man, this has been a journey. See, I've seen this guy in here baptizing other people, and this week, he, this week he got challenged, and it's not just this week. God has got a call on this guy. Amen. Heart. And I don't know where it's taking it. But I know it's big, and he, and he just came and said, listen, if I'm going to go where I think this is going to go, I need to make sure I've recommitted my life to God fully, and that I'm all in. I'm all in. And uh, we did a thing this weekend at the men's conference, and we had a, a tug of war. This is the strongest man on the hill. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
I know your heart, man. He pulled bread off stage. That's all I'm saying. I know your heart. Yes, sir. You believe in Jesus Christ, Absolutely. Son of the living God? Yes, sir. You accept Him as your Lord and Savior? Yes, you recommit to Him for the forgiveness of your sins, the gift of the Holy Spirit living Christ in you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you in Christ? Yes, sir. All right, man. Because of that, I want to baptize you in the name of the Father, and Son, and the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of all your sins. The gift of the Holy Spirit in your life. more coming and Dennis is still sitting down here waiting to talk to you if you want to come no I'm just I'll help him Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the Living God. The Son of the Living God. And I accept Him. And I accept Him. As my personal Lord and Savior. As my personal Lord and Savior. In obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, one your profession of faith, baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the Living God. The Son of the Living God. And I accept Him. And I accept Him. As my personal Lord and Savior. As my personal Lord and Savior. In obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and upon your profession of faith in Him, I baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, for the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. this is about in Christ his blood his body and, and this is a special time so all I'm going to do is I'm just going to give you 15 seconds just if you don't didn't think you have something to be thankful for like we do now but just you and God spend some time and then we'll take
and you've got a little piece of bread that little piece of bread is just a reminder it's a reminder of the body of Jesus sacrificed so that you could be in him let's take that and be thankful and you've got a little cup of juice it's a reminder of his blood don't ever let anyone tell you that his blood was spilled it was freely poured out for the forgiveness of your sins so that you could be in Christ. And so let's partake together. Anybody got a like a whoo? <laughs> All right. Get up. I think you've got some stories to go tell. So get out of here and go love God. Go love people. Watch God change the world. Or just stay around and see what happens next service.